0: This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons by Reverend Adam Moline of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear Christians, it's Pentecost, the day we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what he did in our second reading. He came with wind, with fire, and with voice. With wind, the very breath of God that makes people alive. With fire that purifies and cleanses. And with voice that proclaims the wonders of God. God has come in wind and fire and voice throughout all the pages of Scripture. He does so in the book of Genesis in the very beginning. Making mankind alive by breathing the wind of life, the breath of life, into the man of dust. And after Adam came alive, God spoke his word to him You may eat of any tree in the garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But Adam listened to another voice. He disobeyed God's word. And so Adam and Eve fell into sin. And God confronted them in their sin, throwing them out of the Garden of Eden and keeping them out by setting a flaming cherubim with a flaming sword so that nothing impure could enter and eat from the tree of life. Wind, voice, and fire. That's how God came. The same thing happens in the book of Exodus. God again comes to his people with wind, with fire, and with voice. With wind, God separated the waters of the Red Sea so that the people may pass through on dry ground. Fifty days later, the very first Pentecost, the people of Israel sit at the foot of Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb. And as they're there, fire descends upon the mountain, covering it with smoke and cloud, because God was then present. The people could not climb the mountain. They could not even touch it with their feet, because they were impure, sinful people. And if they had tried the fire of God... Would have consumed them. And the voice of God was present as well, speaking to Moses, giving him the Ten Commandments, giving him God's Word wind, fire, and voice. Later on, Elijah also witnessed the coming of God. He had mocked and ridiculed the prophets of Baal, proclaiming the truth of the real God, watching as the real God consumed a real sacrifice with fire. But the king's wife, Jezebel, still threatened to murder him. So Elijah, the prophet of God, ran away. He ran away to Mount Sinai, to Mount Horeb. He hid himself in a cave there, hoping beyond hope that Jezebel wouldn't catch him and kill him. But God came. God came to talk to him. First, a wind blew by with an earthquake. Then a wall of flame passed by. But the Lord was not in the wind or the flame The Lord came afterwards with a still, small voice to preach the truth to Elijah, to declare what Elijah must do. In those three examples, as well as in countless others, God comes to his people with wind, with fire, and with voice. The voice cries out from heaven, proclaiming the truth of God's word. The fire separates unholy things from holy things and purifies sins away. And the wind breathes the breath of life into God's people. We see that in today's second reading from the book of Acts. First, a loud rushing wind. But it's not a destructive wind. It's not a wind that's blowing in locusts to eat crops. It's not a wind blowing away all moisture so that they might die. It's not a tornado blowing things away. It's a wind that brings the Holy Spirit. It's a wind that brings the Holy Spirit to the first Christians that existed on earth making them alive again, erasing the death that they deserved because of their sin. The wind was like the breath of God in the Garden of Eden, and the wind was the Holy Spirit. And there's a fire also, right? But it's not a fearful thing. It's not something that's come to destroy and to consume. Instead, this fire also is the Holy Spirit. And it comes to rest on each of the twelve apostles. Purifying them from all of their guilt and their shame. Purifying the words that they will speak on behalf of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bringing upon them the forgiveness that Jesus earned on the cross bringing the fire of the sacrifice to cleanse them from their guilt and shame. When the fire lands upon them, they were, as John the Baptist had foretold, baptized by fire and the Holy Spirit. And there's a voice, right? Not the voice of God shouting out thunderously from heaven, shaking the earth with judgment for sin. Instead, it's a voice that comes from the apostles themselves. A voice that brings peace between man and God. A voice that preaches the very words that Jesus had taught to the apostles. Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. My peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. That voice came through the mouths of the apostles. And it came to all who were able to hear in every language that those people spoke. Elamite, Parthian, Cretan, Cappadocian, and more. And as that word, that voice preached... We hear people coming to faith. What did the voice preach? That everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Wind, fire, voice, hallmarks of what Pentecost is. The way that God sends his Holy Spirit to the church. You see, once Christ had come and died and rose and ascended into heaven, God was no longer separated from his people as he was when they were in their sin. Instead, he was now present among them. They no longer had to be kept away by flames of fire, but now they were pure and could be in the very presence of God. Now they no longer needed to die because of their guilt, but they could live forever with the breath of God in them. The Spirit brings all of these things about for the people of God. The Spirit still works the exact same way today the holy spirit is still at work in the church 2000 years after the first pentecost how does the holy spirit work he calls he gathers he enlightens he sanctifies the entire earth on the entire church on earth this is what he's doing for you He calls you to bring you into the church, to bring you to the true faith. He calls you to be a Christian. The Holy Spirit is at work in you. He brings his word to your ear. He gusts into your ears like the wind on that first Pentecost here in the divine service. Wherever God's word is preached and taught in its truth and purity, the spirit is at work creating faith. And when the wind of the Holy Spirit comes to you, what does he do? He purifies you from your sin. He is an all-consuming fire who purifies you as fire purifies gold, burning away the dross and the impurities so that all that is left is pure and clean and valuable. That's what God the Holy Spirit's doing to you. He's applying the forgiveness earned by Jesus to your broken soul. And the Holy Spirit does all of this through a voice. Not that the roof is ripped open and thunder bursts in. He does it through the voice of your pastors who preach the word, who proclaim it in the liturgy, who bring the absolution of God to you. Your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit in God's word the holy spirit is at work and this is good this is good for you this is exactly what you need for apart from the work of the holy spirit you are sinful just like the people of Israel in the wilderness. Just like Adam and Eve after the fall into sin, you should be uh, separated from God. You are guilty. You had failed to love God the proper way. You had failed to love the people God placed in your life the proper way. Instead, in sin... You loved yourself. In sin, you despised God's word. In sin, you created your own gods who were weak and powerless. And because of your sin, apart from the work of the Holy Spirit, you deserved to die. Not just some temporal death in this world. An eternal death. Eternal separation from God. An eternal flame where your sin could never be completely purified no matter how much you suffered. Apart from the work of the Holy Spirit, you deserved hellacious death. But Jesus has taken your punishment upon himself. Jesus has died for your sin. Jesus has shed his blood to cover your guilt. Jesus defeated sin, death, and the grave by rising again. Jesus won, even ascending victoriously into heaven to intercede to God on your behalf. To tell God the Father that his blood covers your sin. And Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to you. He sends the Holy Spirit to call you. To gather you. To enlighten you. To sanctify you. To make you Christians. The Holy Spirit comes to you in wind, breathing the very breath of life into your dead body, so that just as Ezekiel saw at the valley of the dry bones, you may be restored to life. Jesus sends the Spirit to you in voice to declare the things that he has done on your behalf, to declare that you belong to God and always shall Jesus sends the Spirit to you to purify you from your sin, to make you holy, to take your guilt as far from you as the East is from the West. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to you in wind, in fire, and in voice. You see, when God's Word is present in its truth and purity, God is present in His truth and purity. The Spirit is present in His truth and purity. He comes to you connected in the Word and the water in baptism. He comes to you with the Word connected to bread and wine, which are the true body and blood of Jesus for you. He comes here in His Word into your ear to make you Christian. The means of grace are the tools of the Holy Spirit to call, gather, enlighten, and sanctify you, to make you alive, to make you clean. And so you are. You are alive, You are purified. You have heard the voice of God. And because that's true, you now are a Christian. And you act as Christians act. You do what Christians do. God's word has told you what is right and wrong and you seek to do what is right and to avoid what is wrong. God's word has told you to love God and so you do. You are glad to be here in his presence. You are glad to receive his gifts which he pours out generously upon you. You are glad to love the people fellow creations whom God has placed into your life, caring more for them than you do for yourself. After all, you are in God's care, and he will always take care of you. Dear Christian, you belong to God. That is who you are. And so today we celebrate the Holy Spirit who comes to us Christians with wind to make us alive, with fire to purify us, with voice to call us. The Holy Spirit comes to focus our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. He comes to make us Christian. He comes to help us trust in Jesus He comes to purify us, to enkindle our faith, to move among us, to speak the gospel in our ears. He helps us. He loves us. He cares for us. The Holy Spirit makes us Christian. And that's why we began our service today by singing the words that all Christians have sung for the last 1,200 years. Come, Holy Ghost, creator blessed, and make our hearts your place of rest. Come with your grace and heavenly aid and fill our hearts, which you have made. In the name of Jesus, amen. This has been With Intrepid Hearts Sermons by Pastor Adam Moline. The words, With Intrepid Hearts, come from the conclusion to the Book of Concord where it is written, By God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately. By the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it.